0: A reading from 2 Kings chapter 6 verses 8 through 17. Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants saying, "At such and such a place shall be my camp." But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, "Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there." And the king of Israel sent to the sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus he used thus he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice and the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing and he called his servants and said to them will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel and one of the servants said none my my lord O king but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom and he said go and see where he is that I may send and seize him It was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent there horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Now, there are times I feel a little schizophrenic or a little confused. Now, let me explain in case you think I'm a little crazy, because I'm pastoring you all here. And I'm responsible for the weekly feeding and the preaching and the teaching uh, for this gathering of of God's family here in this space. I also carry a dual burden, one of finding the mind of God for myself and allowing the Holy Spirit to train and develop me. And at times, seeking and hearing what God wants to train and develop in us as a family as also as well. So sometimes it's hard to discern, Lord, is it for me? or is it for we Lord are you dealing with me right now about my growth and about my development or is this for the Holy Spirit family so if I can be truthful with you I don't always know and I can't always tell sometimes they're the same in fact most times they are the same because by the grace of God and by the work of the Holy Spirit we're linked together aren't we we're we're knitted together as a body so having said all that, I believe that God has given me um, a for us a message uh, to, for, to us to carry on in this new season that we're in. So let's take some time and have a look at a, a message I've entitled Determining Your World. If you have been a Christian for any length of time, you'll know about the amazing biblical truth of living in two dimensions. We live in the natural, the visible, the physical world. And Jesus reminds us in our Gospel reading in in, 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 um, John 14, 7 says, The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit because it it neither sees Him nor knows Him. Okay, But because I am born again of the Spirit of God, I live in a spiritual, invisible world. I live in two dimensions. I wake up every morning in a dimension that I can experience with my five senses, but I also live in a dimension, a spiritual dimension dimension that can only be discerned through spiritual discernment and through spiritual eyes and through spiritual ears and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in me. Now I want to introduce our first thought and that is the choice that is before us. In the story that we just heard from 2 Kings, this an astounding and it's an amazing story of invisible made visible, of unseen made seen. I want to draw a Pentecostal truth out of this story and I want you to think about it in your own life this morning. What you cannot see Is a bigger reality than what you can see. Amen? What you cannot see is a bigger reality than what you can see. That in your life, what you cannot see, that invisible spiritual world, that that unseen realm or that unseen dimension, is a bigger reality than the world that you can see, that the world that you can smell, that the world you can touch, taste, hear and feel. The servant of Elijah is terrified when he wakes up one morning and there's a hostile army surrounding his hometown. Verse 15 says, And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Because he makes a connection that this army has come for his master and him as well but elijah on the other hand can't be bothered he says i know something that you don't know and that is the invisible world is of a much greater reality than the visible world and if you could see the things in the spirit even though we are under attack there would be more of us than against us he says and after he gives his servant this profound insight he then prays a prayer so that he can see what He just told him. Verse 17 says, "Lord, I pray, open the eyes, open his eyes that he may see." Then the Lord opened his eyes, and the young man of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. The Bible says, the mountain was full. In other words, the King of Aram's army was puny and insignificant. And this is a recurring theme throughout the Scriptures and that is we need to and we have to see things as they really are and not as they appear to be. So with that said, every person here will have to make a decision in your life about how you are going to live. Are you going to believe that the, visible, uh, the invisible spiritual dimension has more power and has more reality? Or are you going to believe that the natural circumstances you see with your eyes, the visible world, with, will ultimately determine the outcome of the things in your life? You're going to have to make a decision this morning. That might mean that you will have to sit down somewhere Find yourself a prayer closet and say, God, I am a believer. I am a Christian. I am a born-again child of God. I am a daughter of God. I am a son of God. And I have a hard time sometimes believing that I have been birthed into a spiritual reality, a reality that is greater than the visible reality. And just like the servant of Elisha, we have to wake up every day and face our natural circumstances. But how do we, how we do that this morning is very, very important. So every day we must determine our world one way or another. So here is the big idea. Here is why this is so very important because everything that God gives us, Comes from an invisible realm. Everything, everything God has for me, everything He wants to do in me and through me come from an invisible spiritual realm. God is not meeting me through the United States government. He's not meeting my needs through the bank, is He? He's not meeting my needs through the things that I can see with my eyes. God is meeting my needs and bringing resources from a place that I cannot see. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Those things that God wants to give you, those things that god wants to bring into your life are not coming from uh, are, sorry, are not coming from the visible realm this morning they're not coming from the things that you can see they're coming from things and places you that you cannot see this morning every provision every gift every supply that god has for you comes from a divine origin James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? Yeah. Above. And comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That word above in the original Greek means the beginning. Every good and perfect gift comes from the beginning or from the heart of God, from where God lives. If we could all just understand that this morning. Everything that you need in your life, every situation you're facing, God has an answer. And it's not going to come to you from what you can see, but a place that you cannot see. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the beginning, comes down from the origin, from God himself. When Jesus was about uh, to ascend, he spoke A very specific word to his disciples Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 he said go therefore and make disciples of all nations but before Jesus said those great words he spoke words of equal greatness that we miss or we overlook in the verse before Matthew 28 verse 18 and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in where Heaven and earth, right? Heaven and earth. In other words, Jesus is saying, I've got both dimensions covered. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. How many believe that this morning? How many believe that? Amen. And Jesus knows everything about heaven and he knows everything about earth. All authority, all dominion, all power has been given to Jesus. So he's going, don't worry, guys. You just go about and make disciples of all nations because all authority, all dominion in heaven and earth has been given to me. You just go ahead and live your life in those two dimensions because I've got your back. I've got it all taken care of. Thank you, Lord. What is astonishing to me is how people make a conscious decision to receive Jesus as their saviour, They look forward to being with him when when they die, but they never make a decision to live their life based on the greater reality of the spiritual world. They live their life and make their decisions based on the visible world. They measure their life choices, not from the spiritual world, but from the natural world. They love Jesus, but they put the weight of their decisions on a world they can see when we're supposed to live our lives in the greater reality of a world that we cannot see. Now turn to the person next to you and say, I think Pastor Neil's talking about you. (laughs) (laughs) So many good Christian people never access the spiritual dimension spoken of in the scriptures. Many act and think like the real world is the one we see around us. God's word tells us that the real world is the world that we cannot see. The real world will be there when everything else is gone. It's the world we cannot see. Everything you see is temporary. This is why Jesus told us in Matthew 6, 33, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added to you. When you hear a pastor preach on that, you think he's saying, well, you need to just be in church more, right? I've heard pastors preach that. They say, you're going to need to be in church more. Here, this is what it says. Seek first the kingdom of God. Not so. Not so. Seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first. Seek the invisible kingdom. Because God's kingdom is not of the hearing of the ear or the seeing of the eye. It's a spiritual kingdom, a place where God rules, where you need spiritual eyes and you need spiritual ears so beloved God is trying to tell us what it takes to live this life you cannot live a Christian life in the natural world if that's your measure this morning you cannot do that Jesus said the gentiles the people that don't know him that they worry about everything where they're going to eat where they're going to sleep what they're going to wear And Jesus tells us this, This, he says this is what consumes their life. They worry about their livelihood, they worry about their future, but Jesus knows all about the things in heaven and he knows all about the things on earth. And that's why he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Don't make what the Gentiles pursue your pursuit also. Don't make those things the consuming factor of your life. This morning, we all know that scripture, seek first the kingdom of God, and we can all quote it. But it's hard to live it out, isn't it? It's hard not to look at your resources against your liabilities. It's hard not to look at what you have and what you owe. It's hard to see spiritually this morning because what is visible is so big, it's so daunting, it's so persuasive. And, And so I can count on one hand this morning the number of times that I've gone to bed worrying about spiritual things. But there have been countless, countless times where I've gone to bed worrying about natural things. Sometimes something that I can see, something that I can measure, something that I can subtract or multiply or divide, yeah? It puzzles me how we as believers who we read our Bibles, we go to church and we know that there's a spiritual world but we never really tap into it and we act and live and we think like the visible world is the only world. I know that God is speaking to me by his Holy Spirit about this issue this morning. And I also believe that he is speaking to us as a family as we enter into this new season. He is saying, make this one thing a priority. Not 10 things, not seven things, not five things. This one thing a priority. I will seek the invisible world first and make that world my priority. And I'm going to have faith that God will cover the rest. So this is the choice that we're faced with as a church family this morning. Which world are we going to live in? Which world are we going to trust? The visible, the temporary, the physical world? Or the unseen, eternal, ever faithful, spiritual world? I'm not talking about some sleight of hand, some tele-evangelist gimmick to raise offerings this morning, okay? I'm not talking about messing with your minds. If the truth be told this morning, we are, and we want to be brutally honest with ourselves, the reason why we don't overcome certain things in this life is that when you and I are in trouble, we don't reach for the spiritual, we reach for the natural, Beloved, we are spiritual creatures. The answer for our life's problems are only spiritual. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty, aren't they? In what? In the spirit. spirit. We can't win the battle with our weapons. We can't win with our earthly, sensual, carnal wisdom, but only with the wisdom that comes from above. In the parable of the sower and the soil, Jesus tells a story about a certain man who casts seed. Some land on hard ground, and the birds have uh, seed for lunch, don't they? Some land on thorns, some land amongst shallow ground, and uh, they're, they're, they, couldn't, they can't take root, they didn't take root. Some land amongst weeds, and some land amongst good ground. There's a parallel reality in you and I in that story. There are times when God's word lands on us, And it starts to grow and prosper. But then the deceitful riches, the cares of this life, come upon us. Then the birds come, the weeds grow, the thorns destroy the plant and the fruit. What a great biblical term, the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of things that we own. The deceitfulness of our stuff. They lie to us. They lie to us. They make us think that we've got it all covered. The deceitfulness of our stuff makes us think that we've got it all covered. So when you, think that you've, you, you, when you think that you've got it all covered, I tell you now, you're being deceived. The truth is, if we put our confidence in the visible world someday, that's all we're going to have. Because the cares of this world will crowd out the word of God. When Jesus said these words, he wasn't scolding us. He's trying to convince us that there is a way to live a holy life on this broken planet. A way to bring tremendous fruitfulness and satisfaction. But it all boils down to a decision. Which of the two worlds are significant to you? And how you answer that question this morning will determine your Christian journey. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18 says, While we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. It amazes me that we reach for the same tools and tricks to maintain and repair our lives as the people who do not know God do. We use the same resources as the non-Christians when all the time I have access to a truth and a reality that is greater than anything that is in this world. The only problem is that I have to reach for it in a realm that I cannot see. Hebrews eleven three 3 says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were made from things which are visible so the things are not yeah which are, yeah I got that right it's okay in other words God created everything by what his word he didn't need a little seed to make a sapling, right? He didn't need a little sapling to get a tree. He doesn't need a little earthling to make the earth. What did he do? He just spoke it, didn't he? He spoke it and it was. That tells me that God's word spoken is a greater reality than any emotion that I'm feeling or circumstance that I'm dealing with. So that means that you and I need to learn to reach into the spiritual and speak the word of God to make visible what, we, what you and I cannot see. We need to get a hold of this truth for every, every area of our life. The simple truth of Hebrews 11.3 can only be believed by faith. That everything in this world came into being by the word of God from things that you cannot see or did not see. You need to let that settle, beloved, in your spirits this morning. God made everything that we see from what we cannot see. In other words I don't have to see it for it to be real I don't have to see it for it to be real now I can't see a promise but what can I do I can read it I can read about a promise but I can't see it but I can speak a promise and I can pray a promise but here's the big problem that we face we want to be Christians when we die but atheists when we live this life it's like believing in God but living as if he doesn't exist isn't it we will have to choose and determine which world we are going to live in which world are we going to bet our lives on this morning another thought i want to consider is the challenge of the spiritual because the things of the spirit will always conflict with our natural defence mechanisms. It isn't easy to look a pragmatic and a reasonable person in the eye and say, well, I believe that the invisible dimension is more real and more powerful and has greater significance than the physical one. Now, I've never told my unsafe family that. I'd feel funny if I told them that, but that is what I believe. I believe the physical world is not as important as the spiritual world i believe long after the physical world is gone i will be living in a spiritual world it's the challenge of the spiritual it can come across as a mouthful or as some kind of hyper spirituality but it isn't so let's just pause for a side note so that you know where I'm coming from, because people can and do over-spiritualise and get pulled into all kinds of false doctrines, don't they? Even though I believe the spiritual dimension is powerful and greater, of a greater reality than the one that I can see, it doesn't mean that everything on the planet is spiritual. The spiritual is the greater one, but not everything in my world is spiritual. If I go to McDonald's for breakfast tomorrow morning, I'm not looking for the face of Jesus on my biscuit, okay? (laughs) Get get what I'm saying? I'm not looking for coded messages or devils under rocks. What does concern me is that we don't become a people that throw the baby out with the bathwater. As we strive to resist that hyper spirituality, we can actually become cynical and carnal in hyper spirituality, everything in the world is not spiritual, but everything that matters in this world is spiritual. Whatever matters, whatever is important, whatever is crucial, whatever is div- has divine intent, whatever has a pattern in it, the important stuff of life is spiritual. You and I never understand the importance of things in. The, you and I will never understand the importance of things in this life if we don't make a decision to live the weight of our life in the unseen world. Because it's amazing how often the Bible uses the term of the spirit. And how many times things of the Spirit there are in the Scriptures, the power of the Spirit, the demonstration of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, and that's just a few. If you look up that phrase in any lexicon, the phrase of the Spirit, you'll find it hundreds of times. So my point is, so many things in life are not spiritual, but the important things are spiritual. And they don't have natural answers, they have spiritual answers. They are areas in my life and areas in your life that don't look, there are areas in my life and areas in in, in your life that don't look spiritual, but they are. Let me give you one area before we close for our final thought. Money. I just felt the oxygen leave the room then. Money. Oh god, the Pastor's got to preach on money. <laughs> That's right. Don't lose your appetite, okay? Money is an incredibly spiritual issue. There are about 500 verses in the Bible on faith. There's almost 2500 verses in the Bible on money. There is more in the Bible about money than there is about faith. And the reason why? Money is spiritual. 16 of the parables that Jesus spoke were about money because money is spiritual and has profound spiritual implications. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 23 verse 5, money makes itself wings and flies away. How many believe that this morning? I have seen entire flocks of mine fly into the wild blue yonder. What the wisdom of scripture is saying is that money has a dwindling nature, correct? You're looking for more and it becomes less. And especially dwindling when it's not handled spiritually. It is, it's especially dwindling if it's not handled spiritually. And that's why Jesus says, I know uh, this is going to be hard for you to grasp, he says, but I have a solution for your dwindling money. Give some to the invisible world. Matthew six nineteen twenty, 20. Do not lay up yourself's treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus is saying to us, we've got to handle money spiritually. We've got to make spiritual decisions about money. You and I can't just look at our dwindling supply and put our natural minds to work looking for answers. We have got to reach into a spiritual realm for answers. Jesus says, if you lay up your treasure in the invisible place, then I will take care of the visible. This is the challenge of the spiritual this morning, beloved. This is the challenge of being a spiritual person. So the big question is, are we going to live by the seen or the unseen? Which world will determine your ultimate reality? Am I going to take from my dwindling supply and give to the invisible kingdom? Am I going to be faithful? All this sounds crazy unless Jesus knows what he's talking about, yeah? And so spiritual people believe that Jesus knows what he's talking about because he has all authority where? Heaven and earth. And he can cause men to give into your bosom. But only if you put the weight of your life in the invisible world. I'm not talking about some pie in the sky or, so, or, some, or some, somewhere over the rainbow thing this morning. It's a question and a challenge to every Think you and I say that we believe. Do we live in the unseen, spiritual, eternal world? Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Let me wind up with a brief final thought that is the fruit of the spiritual. I'm convinced that this decision being made by me and and by you will open a door to unparalleled fulfilment that nothing else in this life can touch. My deepest desire for you is not just to keep you comforted, okay? I know we have nice comfortable chairs and everything, but my desire for you is not to keep you comforted. Every now and then I'm gonna come and stir you up and I'm gonna pluck a few feathers out of your comfortable nests and make you think about how spiritual you really are. Is that okay? We've got a deal? My deepest desire is to do that. So when I first start, started going to church, I thought the church was full of snitches. And they were snitching about me to the pastor. Because it seemed like every sermon the pastor preached, it was about me. He knew all about my shortfalls, he knew all about my sins. It took me a while to figure out and understand that it was the Holy Spirit working in my life that he sees and knows everything, that his eyes are everywhere. So my deepest desire for you is that you would live spiritually and be a people that would put their trust in what you cannot see and let God talk to you in your spirit. The application of this truth runs across the board in all of our lives. It affects how you and I respond to everything in life. Now, each one of you here this morning is a profoundly spiritual being. You're either a son of the Most High God or you're a daughter of the Most High God. And when you declare your faith in Jesus Christ, you didn't just get a membership in a church somewhere or in some glorious country club, Okay? what you got was you were moved from death to life from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son you and I were born again into a spiritual kingdom with spiritual realities that is greater than anything that eye or ear I can see or ear can hear God has amazing plans for the life of this church do you believe that? But you and I must come to his world, a spiritual world, a spiritual reality, where the weight of the spiritual is where you and I rest our lives. Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. What qualifies us as sons and daughters of God is living spiritually, being spiritual people. You and I don't, uh, you and I are not designed to live by our wits and our instincts. You, you were created to walk in the spirit. You are a spiritual being. So, no matter how much you achieve, no matter how much you accumulate, you will never be fulfilled as a spiritual person by the things of this world. However, this is not going to happen without a contest. Ephesians 6.12, what does it say? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not fight in the flesh. I'm challenging you all to say, Lord, open my eyes. So that I can see. The same prayer that Elisha prayed for his bewildered servant. That's my prayer for our church in this new season. This new Pentecostal season. Lord, open our eyes. Lord, we choose your world. We choose the invisible. We choose the spiritual. Now, I want to give you all a verse that I believe is for our church in this new season. Please look it up in your Bibles or write it down now. Take note. Uh, it, it will be good for us, t- as individually, to pray about this, to meditate on this for the rest of the year. It's from Hosea chapter six, verse three. I believe this is a prophecy, a scripture for this church. Let us know. Let us know. Let us uh, pursue the knowledge of the Lord. Going forth, His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain like the latter and former rain on earth do you believe that take note of that I will will make sure it goes in the back of the uh, the newsletter but this we need to meditate and pray as a church individually and as a church on this verse Isaiah 6 3 so take mental note of that if you've got a pen write it down if you've got your bible with you mark it but that's where that's where we want to focus for the rest of this year Let's pray. Lord, we want to know you. And if we reach out to know you, you will come to us as surely as the dawn of a new day. And you will come to us as surely as the rain comes in the springtime to water the earth. You will faithfully respond to us if we set ourselves to live where you live. Lord, I pray that where you live comes to where we live, that your will will be done on earth as in heaven. Open our eyes, Lord, that we can see what really matters and not be distracted by the affairs of this world or the circumstances that surround us. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of the rains in early spring. Father, we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.